You can love someone and fail them. This is the explanation that the character Lewis offers to his lover prior as he's trying to tell him that he's going to be moving out. You can love someone and fail them, he says, and I love you. If you've seen Angels in America, you know the scene I'm talking about because it is one of the central scenes in this story. Prior has AIDS. He's in the hospital. He's terribly ill. He's dying. It is impossible to think that anyone could leave someone they love right in this moment, but Lewis is leaving. And the thing is, as you watch it, it makes sense. I mean, we, we may judge him, we likely judge him, but we also understand when we let ourselves play out our own worst case scenarios, the what ifs of our own lives, we all wonder if we would have the fortitude to withstand such grief, the helplessness, the pain of seeing someone you love suffer to be there as they die. We hope we would stay, but we also understand the impulse to go. I mean, not everyone manages to get to that place that Ben described so simply when he says, Anne had the harder part. Even prior in his shock, as Lewis confessed he couldn't do it, he couldn't have been too surprised since from the moment that he told Lewis that he was sick, he said, I didn't want to tell you because I was afraid that if I told you, you would leave. When Lewis tells Pryor he loves him right before he leaves him alone to face his death, Pryor responds, who cares? I mean, what does it matter if you love someone? if that love doesn't lead you to stay put through the hardest parts. Is that even love? Sometimes when I've officiated at weddings, I've wondered how differently we might think about the promises of marriage if we more explicitly talked about it as a willingness to withstand this sort of pain. Joy, too, of course, and these things woven together over the course of a life. It's right there in the standard vows, of course, you say, through sickness and in health and good times and bad, but still in the glow of the wedding celebration and with these ideas at that point still pretty distant and theoretical, it's hard to remember that what we are actually promising is to stay put through pain to persist through sacrifice, not persist as in tough it out, just the opposite actually, despite our turn to talking about love as tough. The irony is that this stubbornness in this love is born not by making your heart hard, but by remaining soft and supple somehow. As Parker Palmer says, only the supple heart can hold suffering in a way that opens to new life. The supple heart is the stubborn heart, the heart that has the strength and the fortitude to not turn away, but to keep turning towards those hardest parts of life and saying, I'm all in. 
These are the promises of tough and persistent love, soft, supple, sustaining, and sacrificing. It's dangerous to speak like this, of course, to talk about love as a matter of sacrifice. Theologian Rebecca Parker reminds us that the traditional way of thinking about love and sacrifice, especially in Orthodox Christianity, has historically led women to endure violent marriages because it is their, quote, cross to bear, or, to, or that withstanding the abuse is somehow a definition of faithfulness or an example of piety. Growing up in my Catholic family, hardship was so mixed up with holiness that if something came too easily, we often wondered if it meant it was wrong. I mean like ethically, morally wrong. This way of thinking ultimately makes pleasure suspect because when love and goodness require pain, if you're enjoying something too much, it must be trouble. Maybe some of you who grew up Catholic know what I'm talking about. More generally, sacrifice, love as sacrifice has justified over time patriarchy and racism and homophobia and so many other systems of oppression and dominance across the centuries by sanctifying the choice to cut some part of yourself away to serve a greater sense of peace or harmony, the choice not to make a fuss or as in to try to make your own needs invisible. I have no needs to fail to take up space in order to maintain order. You can see these values in the response that there's to the protests for racial justice, the valuing of calm over right and the selectively convenient value some place on the rule of law. It's dangerous to talk about love as sacrifice and the redemptive path of enduring pain because sometimes we know liberation requires leaving and wholeness comes in the breaking away. Sean's going to go more fully into this idea next week as we explore tough love and boundaries. But this line, this question, reminds me of the other main story in that play, Angels in America, which is the story of Joe and his wife, Harper. They are devout Mormons. Joe has spent his life trying to love Harper, which meant trying not to be gay. Right as Lewis is leaving prior, Joe is also trying so hard not to leave Harper. He tells his wife, I try to tighten my heart into a knot, a snarl. I try to learn to live dead, just numb. It's a sacrifice he's tried to endure for her sake, for the sake of their marriage, the promise he made to stay, but ultimately he is failing. Staying put for Joe as for Lewis meant enduring a degree of pain he could no longer withstand. Except that in Joe's leaving, after a lifetime of going anywhere but Nineveh, he was in that act finally accepting his path, his call finally taking the route of truth and liberation, finally responding to the call, the love that was calling his name. 
somatic therapist and writer Resmo Menachem in his book, My Grandmother's Hands, he talks about and helps us sort out these two different ways of thinking about pain and love. He talks about the difference between clean pain and dirty pain. Clean pain, he says, is the sort of pain that you experience when you know exactly what you need to do or say, and when you really, really don't want to do it, and then you do it anyway. Go to Nineveh. Clean pain is also the pain of not knowing what to do when you are scared or worried about what will happen and you step forward into the unknown anyway. Clean pain, he writes, enables us to engage our integrity and tap into the body's inherent resilience and coherence. Only by walking into this pain and discomfort can we grow. On the other hand, dirty pain is the pain we experience through avoidance and blame and denial. It's the pain that comes from the wound, leading us to cruelty to ourselves or others. Dirty pain manifests as violence or avo avoidance. It makes us run away physically or emotionally. Dirty pain was what Jonah was experiencing in the storm at sea and in the belly of the fish. It's the pain that Lewis causes and experiences by leaving prior Lewis believes he can withstand the pain of leaving as if he could go anywhere but Nineveh and outrun that grief. But as Sean said, wherever you go, there you are. It's like what they say about fear, fear, F-E-A-R. It can mean two things. On the one hand, forget everything and run, or you might use a different F word there, forget everything and run, or it can mean face everything and recover. Both are fear, as in terrifying, risky, both are painful, and we can start to get confused then and think both then must be signs of being on the wrong track when we experience that pain. Both make us wonder if we're strong enough. Both make us want to run. It's just that one, you're running from the pain, but it's pursuing you, and the question that is the shape of your life keeps pressing in until finally, hopefully, sooner rather than later, you decide to stop running and instead face everything and begin healing. As a country and in our dominant culture, we have routinely chosen the path of dirty pain, avoiding the pain of our past, blaming others for the systems that we inherit and uphold, denying the trauma that lives in our collective body. American exceptionalism is built on the fear that forgets everything and runs. And white fragility keeps us from believing that we are strong enough to do anything else. But it's only by leaning in and facing that clean pain of tough love that we finally recover and repair and truly have the chance to begin again. Some of you know that in November, my family got a Peloton bike. 
which means that for the last month after a long stretch of being sedentary, in the last few months after a long stretch of being sedentary slash staring at screens, I started the hard work of getting stronger. And to be honest, there have been many days since then where my body was in a lot of pain. I consulted often with my sister, especially early on because she's had a Peloton for a few years. And I told her, oh, how hard it was, how I was in so much pain. I couldn't wait to be where she was because then it wouldn't be so hard. My sister lovingly laughed and she said, Gretchen, it never stops hurting. You just get better at handling the pain. I share this story because I think this is how it is with tough love. Personally and collectively, if we want to grow a supple and stubborn heart, we need to accept that there won't be some magical moment where we're good at this and then it's easy. There's no moment where the choice to, to love stops being painful or some point where we get to say, okay, no new calls to Nineveh for me. But the good news is that we can grow our capacity and our tolerance to withstand the pain. We can get better at withstanding the discomfort or even as I've been telling my kids a lot lately, we can get better at withstanding the boring. It's why after everything, I remain grateful for this last year and the muscles that we have grown, the memory that we've built, the faith that we've gained, that we can do it. We can persist through the pain and the discomfort and the boring and keep growing. You may have noticed that this time over this year, while we've been online, we've taken each Sunday, we extend the time for meditation and for breath and for grounding in our bodies. We do this because the desire to flee from that discomfort lives most in our bodies. So we can grow our capacity. These practices each Sunday is part of growing our capacities to stay present through our bodies by paying attention to the pain and also the hope that lives here by learning to ground ourselves in both of these. So that as we get better at holding the pain, we also get better at accessing joy. I mean, the richness of one turns out to brighten the other so that it's often right when we're in that hardest part, we're also in tune with the best part, the miracle of life, the beauty. In these painful, uncomfortable, and sometimes boring times, I am often overwhelmed at just how beautiful this life is, how amazing it is that we are here, that we are doing this, staying put, showing up for each other and for life, that we have the strength and the, the stubbornness, the toughness that, like Ben said, we can still be ourselves here call each other by name, even through everything. And so let us continue to be stubborn in our love, knowing that as we endure, we heal. And as we persist, we grow together. Amen. Blessed be.